Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Spreading the court. Ten seconds remaining. They just got to throw it under the basket. Under the basket. It's the truth for the win. God, oh! they get it. A miracle. Hutchins. Double water. Hit that one from the parking lot. Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. I am your host, Kai McEwen, joined by the rest of the three-man weave crew, Jim Root and Matt Cox. We got our standard show for you guys today, starting off with our live dog section. The live dog of the week was more like the puppy that got put down of the week last week, gentlemen. Mm, Shame. Not exactly. Yeah, not a great analogy there for old Kai. Humane, it's okay. Not great fellas is what i'm trying to get at here probably our worst week in this section i would say of the season Va tech fell short no cover umbc lost just missed the cover georgia state lost no cover stephen f austin lost pushed if you had plus five there so t's and p's i guess we didn't and then william and mary lost as well no cover smoked in fact so basically none of the games we officially picked uh one outright or even covered but we did mention two games that did win outright. So if you liked our options and you decided to go on your own path, kudos to you because Rice pulled off a ridiculous win against North Texas. Shocking. And Missouri State beat Drake in overtime for their second win over the Bulldogs of the season. Another pretty surprising result. Well, we talked about them in the live dog section. We'll take credit any way we can. We're taking credit right there. We're seizing credit, Jim. Too bad. Just bet owls, folks. That's been the story of the past bet week. Owls. Rice there, and then your Kennesaws, your Florida Atlantics, your Temples. My goodness, the owls have been scorching. Kai, I'm also glad that you're you're back with this strong audio. No more yes. on the road for you. We're we're happy to have you in the uh, the home office. Yeah, it's total crap, Jim. the The road audio was terrible, so I'm glad to be back home. All right, let's get into this week's live dog of the week section here. Uh-huh. Where's my dog? Uh huh. Where's my dog? I have some written down, guys, for you to consider. Of course, add your own at the end as you see fit. On Wednesday, we have UCF hosting Houston. The Knights plus seven per Kim Pom. Two straight losses for Houston. It seems a bit mm, unlikely, but gosh, this Knights team, not bad, Matt. Not bad. Yeah, if you're UCF, you're just 
furious at Temple for winning that game. Like you'd like to catch Houston not in you know the angriest possible position of all time, but they did compete to the death with they Houston did. at Houston, Jimbo. So I think Houston or UCF is built to compete and match Houston's physicality. Um, so yeah, if they're going to get seven at home, the money line value of at least plus two fifty. Um, I bet it's a little bit lower to be honest, just given the maybe the recent trend of Houston. I don't know, but I think I like this angle though. I'm not taking it, but I like the angle. Yeah, UCS off two losses as well. Lost by 13 to in-state big rival South Florida. Both of those losses were on the road, that one and at Tulane prior to that. Maybe there was some look ahead. We want to get back at Houston after that first loss that came up uh, just short. But I I just think Houston, the hornet's nest has been kicked with them. I think maybe I don't I can't confirm this, but I, I could see there have been some complacency. They just kept winning. We're dominating our league, yada yada. And the offense got really lackadaisical. And I would imagine Calvin Sampson has their attention between that uh that weekend loss and this matchup at UCF. They know that UCF already scared them once. I, I, I can't I can't do it. I can't in good faith fade my cougars. I agree. I agree. I'm not sure I can do this one either. Xavier plus eight at UConn. Xavier might be the better team right now. It's a lot of points, which is better if you're if you're looking for a higher payout on your money line. I think it'll be closer to five instead of eight, personally. Uh, I'm not taking this one either, Matthew, but are you curious in Xavier at all? Uh, I, I like the angle. Um, if you're still in the belief that UConn is broken, quote-unquote, and beat Butler by 30, which means nothing, um, I, I don't, though. This is one I'm going to stay away from. I think UConn's still really good, so... Yeah. I won't take money line here, but if it's eight, I promise you I'm taking the spread. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's just entirely too many points for, like I said, I think that could be equal or better to UConn right now. Mm-hmm. UConn, uh, yeah, like Matt said, congrats. You beat Butler by 30. Everyone beats Butler by 30 in this <laughs> league. They've lost yes. six games by 20 plus already. Wow. That is not an accomplishment at this stage. I, it's Xavier, they've come off two lackadaisical performances themselves, losing to DePaul and then not really emphatically taking care of Georgetown, but eight points there. Yeah, I, I would be on the Musketeers on the spread, at least. What I am taking, guys, is Texas A&M, plus seven for Kimpom at Auburn. The Aggies, I, I am taking as an outright dog here. Top five team per Bart Torvik since January 1st, as we will talk about later in our spotlight section. They're athletic, they're experienced, and they're playing better ball as of late. So I'm going to be an A&M guy. Are you guys joining me on Wednesday? Yeah, I love this spot. I love the price. I hope to get, assuming uh, there's no heavy shade in the openers, Jim. Um, but I'm pretty anti-Auburn. I'm going to stick with that take, and AM has been phenomenal. And I think they actually match up well with Auburn. You kind of have to scrap and compete and muck it up, and, and AM is doing that uh, very effectively right now. I think they can prey on Auburn's erraticism in the backcourt. Even though it's on the road, I still think they catch Auburn a little bit, a little bit sleepy. Make it a trio. I'm with you, boys. I think this one's outstanding as well. Um, Auburn hasn't been as dominant at home as I kind of perceived in my head. Uh, Mississippi State hung around with them. Florida probably should have beat them. St. Louis should have beat them at Auburn Arena. So not an invincible squad there in Texas A&M, like I said. Basically, since they've gone to the two-big lineup, they've been really, really solid defensively. That lets them compete more with this Auburn interior size. Yeah, I think that's a spread money line split for me on that one. Love it. On Thursday, two options for you, fellas. Seattle, plus seven, going to Sam Houston. Seattle's the top dog in the whack right now. They're undefeated. Perhaps that's the reason to go against them in this matchup. And then Oregon State, 
plus seven hosting Utah. The Beavers are off their first Pac-12 win against Cal. I'm taking the Beavers, fellas. I, I think this team can cause Utah problems with their zone. They did not in the first matchup. Utah won pretty easily, but different circumstance. Utah's home court is different. I'm taking Oregon State. I'm staying off Seattle. What say you, Jim? I'm I'm gun shy after getting punched in the mouth last week. I'll I'll say that very much. Um, I would consider Seattle. They just they're so feisty in league play. They're really switchable. I think their size on the wings has given teams a lot of trouble, and their front court's really mobile and versatile. And that could be an issue in that one. They've got to take care of the ball against Sam Houston. That's mandatory. Step number one against that squad. But I'm probably sitting that one out. And I just love this Utah team too much, Matt. They got right at home against the Washington schools, just destroyed both of them. It, it, Oregon State's just not good enough to get the W. For me, I, I wish Kylock, but I, I'm I'm too gun-shy to have a, a bunch of different plays in this section. Yeah, Oregon State doesn't have enough D1 players. Like, I'm sorry, they're they're competing, they're trying, but I, I watched that game against Stanford. They The only way they compete for a full 40 minutes, unless they're playing a team like Cal, that's in more of their talent weight class, or they can... Um, confound an opponent for 40 minutes and i just don't think they do that to utah so i'm sorry but no okay no a game you guys are buying though is portland plus eight per kim pom at loyola marymount the pilots matthew pilots yeah this is a spread you'd expected to see um you know before portland blew into this mini rocket ship in the non-con and now it's kind of come back down because portland's been injured and i think you're getting a cheaper price to back them. Um, you're getting the better coach in this matchup as well. I like Portland here, Jim. I don't know if I'm, I'm kind of torn. Like, do I want to take money line and spread? I think I'm going to take both. Like, I'm going to add both to my portfolio. Yep, I'll take both. I think there's a chance it's not eight the way Ken Palm has it because of the injury foibles and issues that Portland has had. They might not, uh, the market might be a little bit wise to that and say, okay, eight's, eight's too inflated. Uh, but Loyal Marymount has not played since the Gonzaga win a week ago. Could be some complacency or big-headedness off that. And like Matt said, give me Leggins over Stan Johnson. Johnson's done a nice job at LMU, but Leggins, I think, is just like a shooting star, like going to be at a Pac-12 school before too long. Mm -hmm. That team is full of skill. I, I like Portland there as well. Keep in mind, LMU won the first matchup by 20. There is no Moses Wood, though, in that game for Portland. A little bit important, that guy. Yeah, they, they, these these two split last year in Leggins' first year at Portland, so I think they split again. Matthew likes EIU at Southern Indiana. Boy, the Screaming Eagles have been really tough at home. Matt, what's your angle there? Well, you're going to get EIU plus like you know, close to four to one, three to one odds here. Probably close to three to one odds. Spread should come in around eleven. Uh, yeah, you already beat SIU this year. I know it was at home. I know SIU's or USI, excuse USI, me, USI. Yes. Pardon yep. me, Screaming Eagles, Eagles much better at home. Do you think it's a great price for a team in EIU who we've seen rise? Uh, I mean, God, the Iowa game is the obvious note, but they've played decent a couple other times this year against good competition. I think it's a good, good, uh, a good little Hail Mary sprinkle. I, I think this should be in our next section. I think this is blowout of the week. Well, I think really okay. kills them. I love hmm. that, Jim. Uh, quick recap, guys. I'm taking A&M and Oregon State for our live dog section. Jim? AM and Portland for me and copycat Matt is doing the same. Correct. Yep. Copycatter. Boom. AM and Portland. But you're not taking Eastern Illinois. No, you're yeah, not. Okay. okay. You just wanted to talk about it. I get it. I think it's, a, I think it's worth a look. It's worth a look, handicappers. I'll tell you what, fading EIU after the Iowa game has been pretty profitable. I will say that. Yeah, that's true. They, they got a little too big for their britches. All right. Blowout City. Next section for us. 
Well, last week didn't come through. Morgan State only beat Hartford by eight. It was a weird effort. Um, not proud of our Bears there, guys. Can't say I'm yeah. too proud of them. Matt, you got Chicago State on our Field of 68 show as a best bet. I I credit you. I'm not touching a Hartford or Chicago State game the rest of the year. I, I just have no idea <laughs> yeah, what to don't. do with the motivation. Maybe yeah, I'll bet a strange. total in one of them, but like side, I both teams are going to have like, will they compete? Will they care issues for, for the rest of the season? They'll have, I actually think they'll have an advantage the rest of the year because teams are in conference play now. And so like in non-con, you're more likely to get a team that's going to be up to play them. But in the middle of February, like if you're playing them on a back to, or like with one day off, you're not going to prepare for Hartford or Chicago State. Right. Yeah, but so. like is Chicago State and Hartford going to be like, we don't have a postseason to play for. There's no conference. I think this is their us. postseason. I kind of think it's like, this is their postseason. So uh, yeah, I think there's going to be an edge every game, half point, point, maybe, maybe that's too far for Chicago State and Hartford from now until the rest of end of regular season. I'll semi agree. I think Hartford's just bad enough that you can just, Hartford might just be too bad. Chicago right. State's pretty Chicago State's got talent. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, this week though, I'm looking at the, the colonial and Monmouth has been in this section before for good reason. They're playing UNC Wilmington on Wednesday. UNC Wilmington is hosting them. They are 20-point favorites per, per uh, Kempom. Now, Monmouth, Jim, was scrappy with Charleston. They hung around, but then they lost to Hampton by 17. So I was like, oh, yeah, Monmouth is actually that bad. Um, I think Wilmington can basically bathe in their blood <laughs> if they so choose. Uh, they did only beat them by 13 earlier this season at Monmouth, but they were up by as many as 19. No Shaikin Phillips in that game. Do you agree with my blowout choice here? sort of oh, Trask wow. is such a tough place to play. Uh, Monmouth could get buried under. They've got some young guards that I saw get buried under at Seton hall early in the year and, and just have no chance. And UNC Wilmington's not on that level size and athleticism wise, but they're much, much better than Monmouth. That's for sure. I, I wonder if these, Matt, we talked about it a little in this section in the past, these like really big spread ones might not be the blowouts. It's more like, sure. let's try to find the spot in the conference schedule where, a team is riding too high against the yeah. buy low, and that would be the blow, which is honestly, like I said, I think Southern Indiana on that revenge spot is a decent look against DIU. But here, I don't know. I, I could just see UNC Wilmington like getting up 20 again and packing it in and, and only winning by 15 or whatever. Yeah, they don't play like some explosive up-tempo style that makes me feel good about laying the points here. Um, God, I don't know how Mama's going to score those. So I, I certainly understand laying the 20 here. I'm just not going to do it, Kyle. Fair enough, fellas. I don't think, okay, UNC Wilmington's won one game by 20 points this year. So, point in Monmouth's favor there, I suppose. Uh, we'll move on quickly from that section. Who cares? But before we do, a message. College basketball season is in full swing, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and receive first bet insurance up to $1,000. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager. 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility agreements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. This excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, 
Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We move on with the rest of our show, going to the power games of the week. Oh, feel the power. Oh, I can feel it. On Wednesday, we already discussed Xavier and UConn briefly. Xavier uh, plus eight, do it. Xavier plus eight, if it's that. Again, I think it's going to be closer to five or six. At that point, I'm kind of throwing my hands up. We'll see. Hey, maybe it's still Xavier, honestly. Just, they they really have been the better team, I think. But maybe UConn's mad. This is still a really talented squad. But we will press on on our show with West Virginia at Texas Tech. Now, Matt Kimpom has this West Virginia minus one. Frankly, I'll be surprised if they are a favorite at Texas Tech. And this has to be Texas Tech's game. They have to get a win here. Uh, they're, they are the most, excuse me, West Virginia is probably the most vulnerable big 12 team left on Texas tech's schedule. They are winless in the big 12 and they're not a bad team. I, I it's Raiders for me here. I, I, I'll be backing them. I've been right on this Texas tech team all year. It's just not a good team. Um, I mentioned how like, this is, this is such a great spot to back them. Cause I do think West Virginia is the one team that is going to be prone to a little bit of a road shaky letdown. Um, but I am not betting tech here. Just can't do it, Jim. Uh, good luck to those of you who do. I think the spot is phenomenal for you. I think you're getting a great price. If in fact, Texas tech is better than we, than they are right now, but I don't think they are. This roster's not that good. Yeah, it's really not. And their rotation's kind of in shambles. They're bringing IMAC back and moving Bacho around and sometimes playing both those guys together. And that seems like a weird fit. Uh, West Virginia, though, I, I don't like them as a road team because they're very reliant on the whistle. They foul a ton, and they need to get to the free throw line to score. And that on the road is a little bit shaky, especially in a, a place like Texas Tech, which is one of the best home courts in the entire country. I respect that home court. It would be Texas Tech or nothing for me, Kai, and I'm pretty emphatically going with nothing here. Fair enough, fellas. Go Raiders for me. Finger guns. Finger guns. Maybe finger uh, guns? Is that Oklahoma State? That's Texas no, Tech. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. They finger Shoot guns. them up. Yeah, like a Yosemite Sam. Yes. On Thursday, we have two matchups here. Honestly, not great power games of the week, I will say, for the midweek here. UCLA is going to USC. UCLA, Jim, minus six per Kimpom on the road. We know there's not much travel here in Los Angeles. I'll tell you what, though. USC plays UCLA close just about every single game. They lost by two this year uh, at uh, Poly Pavilion, and they split the series last year, a three-point game and a seven-point game. Do you think USC keeps it close again? Probably. I would I would imagine. So they got down big at Pauly and came all the way back, held UCLA to like 14 points in the second half. It was kind of an insane yeah. defensive performance out of USC. I don't have a super strong take on the side, Kai, but I will be betting the under in this one. Uh, UCLA has played incredibly slow in league play, just like way hit the, hit the brakes, kind of a Mick Cronin micromanagement thing. They're letting Tiger Campbell completely control the pace. 
I, I think that's a, a great look here with both athletic defenses overshadowing both offenses. I think USC's got matchups for Hawkins where he won't go nuts. So I like the under a lot, Matthias. Game one, 59 possessions, Matt. Yeah, it should be slow. I think the Mick Cronin, he kind of goes back to his old Cincinnati ways when he gets caught in these big games. Like he kind of sometimes, I think UCLA misses opportunities to run with yes. the weapons that they have. And that's my only frustration with this use, which I generally like. Like it took me a year to come around on the UCLA train. I'm in on it. I think that's the great spot to back them here. Last game closed, I think 11, uh, opened 14 or 15, something outrageous, got bet down three, four points. Yeah. So now you're looking at it probably, you know, a spread that flips to six, five, right, right on where Ken Palm has it. Spot is just better for UCLA. I think I'm going to go UCLA first half. That's my angle in this game. First just just to reiterate what I was saying with the tempo. I'm sorry, Matt. I'm not, I don't mean to talk over your point, but I wanted to hammer it home. Uh, UCLA ranks 249th nationally in tempo right now. But if you look at their possession length in league play, it's 19 seconds. That would be like 330th in the country. Like they're playing categorically slower than they were. A lot of unders for them. Look at what they did to Arizona, turned them into a half-court crawl game. Yep, love that one. Matt, probably a good look on first half, too. I'll agree. Finally, Purdue is going to Michigan. Purdue minus five per Kim Pum at Chrysler Center. Purdue's already two and a half games up in the Big Ten, fellas. They're kind of running away with the league. A win here puts them in command. A win by Michigan gets them into sole possession of second place, and they've been pretty tough at home. They're no pushover. Do we have the Zach Eady versus Hunter Dickinson matchup here? The Super Bowl, Matthew, inside the paint. Who do you like in this game? I love Michigan on the spot. I just, uh, last two games, didn't love either. Um, the Minnesota game was really troubling. I, you know, Michigan, I, I, that's a game where I'm looking for them to kind of follow up on momentum, which you've played better, right? You got the one against Northwestern. You competed on the road against Maryland in a desperate spot. That was, in my opinion, fairly commendable. But then, like, God, you were buried at home against Minnesota. Do they play better here? Just a simple bounce back, kind of a lapse in performance last game? I kind of think so. I'm taking Michigan. I don't feel good about it. I'm excusing Michigan a little for the Minnesota game because Jet Howard had no points and left the game hurt after 15 minutes. But that also is a rather large factor here with this handicap. Is he going to be back healthy for the Purdue game? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I think he's questionable, has gotten a little bit uh, going on the practice court, but not whole five on five type stuff so this is a probably a wait and see for me if he's out i don't think michigan has the firepower to keep up with purdue and i would take purdue laying that you know minus four or five on the road i like that more than them laying like 15 against the the dregs of the league yeah. uh, I, I would just i'd be more comfortable with that but keep an eye on jet howard that's the big big factor agreed man they're such a good team purdue I, i'm i'm so impressed with this squad guys i'm, I'm in on purdue all right next section mid-major game of the week on Wednesday, we did discuss briefly Seattle, Sam Houston. That is a major game in the WAC. Uh, we will move on instead on that day to a Mountain West battle. We are including in the mid-major section, of course. Utah State is going to San Diego State. San Diego State is minus five per Ken Palm at home. First place in the Mountain West is on the line. Utah State, we know they're great at home, but on the road, just two and three against the spread here, Jim. Is that ultimately the deciding factor for you in this game? Yeah, I think that's rather important. San Diego State already lost once at home in league play to New Mexico. I don't see them dropping a ton at Viejas. That's just a a really, really difficult place to play. And I think their athletes play up well here against Utah State. That's always been some of the struggle for these Utah State teams. Can you handle 
teams that can throw six, seven, six, eight, six, ten at you in the front court that are mobile enough to stick with your shooters when you invert the floor. There is some question, Matt, with San Diego State kind of playing pack line defensively. You can shoot over the top of them, and Utah State is arguably the best shooting team in the entire country. But San Diego State has a little more juice offensively this year to match with that defense. I will I will take the Aztecs here at home with their athleticism edge laying five. Yeah, I agree. Like the Aztecs at home, just look at the splits between these two teams historically, the home road, pretty stark. Um, just going back the last three, four years here. I think they're just the better team and home court is massive between these two teams. Um, so I just think that that's a very simple handicap guy. But the Tex, if it's five, that's that's closer to six or seven, but it drifts up in that range. Yeah, to your point, Matt, you San Diego State uh won by nineteen last year at home. Utah State won by eighteen at their place last season. Pretty stark difference there. All right, on Thursday, we will talk about one whack game. It is Utah Valley at Southern Utah. Kempom has his Valley minus one. It is another major whack battle here. Two teams trying to keep pace with the top of the league. You have the number two offense in the conference in Southern Utah against the number two defense in Utah Valley. Matt, personally, I've been impressed by both teams. I don't know if this is a major rivalry quite yet, but perhaps it's one that's bubbling with Southern Utah joining the whack. Any thoughts for you on this game? I believe it is a big rivalry. There's a name for it. I want to say Jim usually our token uh, rivalry name expert. Yeah, I, I, I thought, thought there was, was a name for that. U- one. Utah Tech and Southern Utah have a rivalry. They have a rivalry. I don't know if Utah Valley has one. I thought they had one with all, all the Utah schools had a uh, some unique. Well, just anyway, the Beehive State, the, the Beehive, beehive Cup or whatever. Beehive, yeah, maybe I'm reaching there. Anyway, I'm sure people in Utah are laughing at my ignorance. That's fine. They are allowed to do so. For this matchup, Kai, I have been, I think Utah Valley is a better team. You're actually getting them at a pretty good price because Southern Utah has just been playing so well. Last game, they lost by 21 at Seattle. I think Southern Utah is really good. I don't believe in their defense, which has been abnormally sound this year. I just don't trust it. I think Utah Valley scores at will. Wow, interesting. I don't know about at will, yeah. but uh, yeah, I, I have a tough time with this one. Both these teams are better than I thought they would be coming into the year, and I'm having a hard time calibrating the degree to which they're better. Southern Utah, I, I thought, would have a little bit of issue stepping up in leagues after, like, they weren't even winning the big sky when they were in it. They were competitive, but I think the Wax is a slightly better league, and they almost look better in that conference in that conference so far. Just knocked out, or uh, they, they did lose to Seattle, but as Kai mentioned there, undefeated atop the league, so no shame in that one. I would guess give a, a slight lean to the home squad, but this is a hard stay away for me. Yeah, I'll probably stay away too. We'll see what the actual line is, as usual. Moving on, next section, our penultimate section, the Trash Man Pick of the Week. The Trash Man Pick of the Week. I'm the Trash Man. Just throw me in the trash. You're garbage, and you know it. Totally unreliable. Is that it? Undependable. Is that it? That's it. You've been told off. How do you like that? Good. I got a good one here, fellas, I think, this week. I hope you agree. St. Francis, New York, also known as St. Francis College, is at Wagner. Wagner laying eight per Ken Palm. Here's why this is a trashy game. First of all, St. Francis is bad anyway, but they've been missing by far their best player, Rob Higgins, the last several games. He is basically the only guy who can score for this team. And this team already ranks as the third worst defense in the entire, excuse me, the seventh worst defense in the entire country, dead last in the NEC, the third slowest tempo in the NEC against a Wagner team that ranks 320th in offense and has the slowest tempo in the NEC. Total is going to be right around 125. It's going to be an ugly affair, low scoring. Jim, do you agree that that's a pretty trashy pick? 
this is trashy garbage, Kai. I'm with you. I stand by that too. Um, it's not, and not just Higgins that's been out. Larry Moreno also has been out for St. Francis, New York. Um, he's their best shooter, their only guy in their entire roster page, basically with an offensive rating north of 95, and his is 119. So you take off your only efficient player from an already abysmal offense, and it's gotten really ugly for them in league play. Guys, a couple of blowouts that were rather jarring uh, against St. Francis and, and Merrimack recently. So, Matt, yeah, this is ugly, which means I'm probably not strong enough on a team to back. I, I could see the under if both those guards are out for St. Francis, though. Jim, you can't bet the under because you're going to be like 60 free throws in this game. Um, look at Wagner's yeah, free throw rate in conference. It's like 61%. 30% of their opponent points come at the free throw line. That's the highest in college basketball per Ken Palm. I just don't want to bet any totals in a game where it's just a complete foul fest and it comes yeah. down to free throw shooting, which is the variance of just the whistle itself and the free throw precision. I mean, who the heck knows? So, Yeah, Wagner fouls at a higher rate than any team in the entire country. It's by a, by a substantial margin. Look at, yeah, their conference splits too. It's like up 10%. It's like, a, I bet a couple unders on Tarleton State games that turn into free right. throw yeah. shoot-a-thons. And those are... If you're down five to like seven the, late, you're in the spot the, of doom. You yeah, have no chance. The slow bleed, even when you're like in good shape with eight minutes left, like, well, they just went into double bonus. So there's going to be like six points a minute going on to this because of all the fouls. It's, it is painful when that becomes the case, Matthew. I agree. Ironically, the two teams that have the highest foul rate, Wagner and then St. Peter's, the the team that is currently coached by Wagner's former coach. Oh, yeah, Mr. Mason. Uh, Mr. Basketball. Mason leaving a physical mindset for sure. Yes, it's very poetic college basketball. Uh, yeah, don't watch that game. I lean Wagner, I suppose. That's a lot of points to lay, though, in a 120, 125-point game. Spotlight section, guys. I got a different take on risers and fallers here. I, I filtered Bart Torvik. For ranks since January 1st. So a little bit of a small sample size, about five or six games per team here. But I wanted to point out some outliers that I thought were interesting and determine if they are going to be this good going forward or this bad going forward and keep riding them or keep fading them. So starting off with the good guys, the risers, St. Mary's, maybe no surprise, is the number two team in the country since January 1st per Bart Torvik. They're five and new against the spread. They're five and no straight up. In fact, they've covered 11 of the last 13. They are certified rocket ships. I love my gales. Texas they're not your gales. They're not your gales. They're my Hold gales. On. They're my gales. Like they're my gales. How, like, how do you get to own the gales? What's that about? They're my I gales. Because like I, I, I said it I first. Had... Okay. All right. Says call dibs. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna... gonna. You know what, Kai? I'm saying they're mine because I'm the only one here that holds a St. Mary's <laughs> to win the WCC future ticket. Yeah, so. that's true. Jim actually invested. It's it doesn't fair. matter. It's all about heart. It's it's all about heart, <laughs> not money. I'm gonna name all five teams first, guys. Then we're gonna t- discuss them real quick. Texas A&M number four, five and one against the spread. Four and two. Excuse me, four and two against the spread. Five and one straight up. Although they're zero and two against the spread last two. Is the party over? Triple question mark. Boise State is number nine in the country. Five and one. Against the spread, five and one straight up. Also six and zero to the over, and seven straight overs for Boise State. Certainly turning around their their fortunes at the beginning of the year when they were an under machine. NC State is fifteenth in the country. This one surprised me a bit. Four and one straight up, three and two against the spread. Their wins: Duke, Virginia Tech, Miami, the Wolfpack, looking like a tournament team. And finally, one that really confused me: Colorado is number twenty since January first. Despite being three and three against, excuse me, two and four against the spread and three and three straight up, it's their defense that's been so good, though. It's number one in the country during that span. As a result, five and one to the under Colorado games in their six games in January. All right, Jim, 
I want your takes on these five teams or pick whoever you want to talk about. Keep riding them or start to fade. Maybe I'm doing the the Nick Young question mark meme at yep. the Colorado thing. Like, what? What I is going know. on there? Uh, <laughs> they held both Oregon schools to like 0.6 points per possession. Hmm. And I think that has really, really shifted or or slanted the numbers here. So I'm, I'm throwing them out as an outlier, not a team that I want to keep backing. Uh, I actually think the Boise party might be coming to an end a little bit soon here. I don't think it's a top 25 team in the country. And I think some of their overs have been their own outlier shooting. Hmm. So I think that's going to hurt them a little bit on both the totals and uh, their own spreads, I think, are just pretty inflated right now. Again, we're recording this Tuesday for a Wednesday release. Uh, they play Fresno tonight. I'm I'm bold call that they they did not get the cover against Fresno on Tuesday wow. night. Okay. So All right. We'll see how that works out for me. Uh, Matt, I'm kind of buying a and so uh, I'll stick with them. And St. Mary's is a hold. I, I think they're just going to continue bludgeoning teams in the WCC. I will take, yeah, St. Mary's is awesome. I, I think Boise's also overvalued. I'm with you on that one, Jimbo. NC State, I'm also kind of buying. Like, I, the advanced metrics have been liking their this team all year. Uh, and I think just the whole Keats sort of stale stench that's been permeating around that program the last few years, they just haven't really quite gotten it going. I think they've sort we've undervalued him as a coach when he actually has like a fairly well constructed and healthy roster. I mean, like the Manny Bates thing got of them last year. Uh, you know, COVID year before. I just think that th- this is an underrated coach and underrated team, especially when you have two NBA, uh, or I guess one lottery pick and uh, another NBA guy like in your mix. So I think it's a pretty who's good mix. Who's the second NBA guy? I thought Marcel's getting some looks now. Or Joyner, excuse me. Or sorry, no Marcel, because he's more of a 3 and D guy. I could be way off base there. I thought yeah. there's some people it's matching his name. We'll see. Uh, I just can't forget that he shot like 14% from three at Virginia his first year. So it's like three. It's, that it's the same, threes, it's he's, the he's same Casey Marcel that we were all excited about five years ago, right? It's That's yeah. who it is. Yeah, I'm kind of on the AM train as well, guys. As we mentioned, our live dog section, clearly we're, we're pretty much pushing our chips in on that one. NC State, yeah, TBD. Uh, it's funny how Kevin Keats goes from underrated to overrated, now to underrated. It's all pretty uh, circumstantial, I suppose, if your team's doing bad or good. Yeah, Boise, slight sell. St. Mary's, fantastic, obviously. They're, they're basically the new Gonzaga this season in that conference. Uh, have they played Gonzaga yet? I don't think they have. Not yet. Those are going to be two rather factors. Yeah. enormous matchups for old yeah. Jimbo's futures indeed. ticket. Indeed, indeed. All right, let's talk five teams real quick that are falling, and if we should keep fading them, or if we think the ship is going to right itself and turn around. High point is number 340 in the country since January 1st. I hate this team. Uh, I've definitely lost some games in them. They're picked fifth in the preseason. They're currently ninth in the Big South. They're two and four straight up, two and four against the spread in January, three and eight against the spread their last 11 games. They don't play defense. Austin P is number 333. They've fallen off big time, two and four against the spread and straight up, 0 and four against the spread their last four games. Now, they do have a couple injuries of note. Stone Carowell has been out of the lineup, but still, this seems pretty deep. It's a surprising fall for me. Mercer, Matt's favorite team, is number 312. Since January 1st, they're 2-4 and four against the spread and straight up. It's a sad team. It's definitely Greg Gary's worst in his tenure. It might be the worst for the program in quite some time. Loyola Chicago, our local A-10 school, is number 308 since January 1st. They are the third worst ATS team in the country. They are 1-5 against the spread in their last six. They're 1-8 in their last nine, but... They're on a one-game winning streak. Look out for the Ramblers, perhaps, he said, sort of sarcastically. 
<laughs> and finally, Pepperdine, number 292. What is happening with the Waves? They are 0-6 straight up, 1-5 against the spread in January. 2-11 against the spread. Their last 13 games, and they're winless in the WCC. Matt, what do you think of these five teams? I know you have some thoughts. I mean, just Mercer. I actually think they're a buy low. Once the problem is that this is a big if, and maybe the whole premise is contingent on something that doesn't actually come to fruition. If they actually get healthy and they're like core guys are in for more than one game at a time, uh, I mean, go to their Kempom player page. Just like a, it's like a Tetris board with all the guys they've had in and out. I think there's talent there. I think there is a good roster that fits Gary's vision. Um, but he can't bring it to life if he can't actually construct it and practice and actually have continuity game to game. So Mercer is a keep an eye on for me, stubbornly, obviously. They're on the don't bet list for me, Matthew. They will implode at any moment in a game. I can't trust them at all. High point is maddening because their whole premise of their offense is let's get to the free throw line. And they're one of the 15 worst free throw shooting teams in the country. Like, what are you doing? Like either... (laughs) rejigger your offense to have it not be geared around free throws or start making them. That That's something you need to do. I, I don't understand what's happening with them. Uh, the other ones, Kai, I, I think Loyola is just terrible. Like watching them, they have no offensive plan. I wonder if maybe there was some Moser carryover effect last year with a super experienced team and Valentine just doesn't have his feet under him yet. Um, Yikes. I saw him get mentioned as a candidate for Notre Dame and I was like, don't you want to see him win with his own guys before yeah, before you do that? that? Can't do that. Uh, Austin P. How did we get them to beat North Florida or Florida Gulf Coast guy? How did that happen? I have no idea. Because I think they're they're pretty talented. It's just it's weird. They they've fallen off a cliff. I don't know. I don't know. Yep. And Pepperdine. I mean, like I, I always want to point towards Romar, but that team has legitimately two guys that are like yeah. true NBA prospects, including Max Lewis, first round. Like yes. people love him as a draft pick, and they're. Hopeless. <laughs> hopeless really young but god it's it's kind of circling the drain there right now i'm not i'm not looking to try to get cute with pepperdine in the future yeah they're the second worst offense and second worst defense in the wcc so they're not good on either end that's pepperdine all right fellas before we sign off let's get a recap of our bets i'm gonna start with jim here jim give me your recap what are you taking from the show yeah, live dog of the week. I'm splitting some spread and M and money line bets on Texas AM in Portland. And then I'll be taking Xavier plus eight against UConn if it's there. I would take it down to six and a half. We'll see where it ends up getting bet to. I could see it being even less than that. UCLA and USC under, I'll take Ken Palm's got it for I think 134 points, but I'll take it to 128. I think that's going to be a grind. And I'll I'll get on San Diego State minus five at home against Utah State. Matthew, to you. Yeah, copycat and gyms, AM spread, Portland money line, two for, and I'll add UCLA first half. I'll put my money where my mouth is. I think that's a good angle. Uh, I like AM and Oregon State in the live dog section. Uh, I, I like the USC under as well. I, the 59 possession game, the first matchup, it really stands out to me. I'm taking Texas Tech. I'm taking the ugly against West Virginia. They're not going to go winless in the Big 12. I think they get it done there. Uh, lean towards San Diego State. Not going to take it officially, though, guys. So I'm going to stick with uh, those picks. Thinking about Wilmington, minus 20 as well, but TBD, TBD. That does it for our show. Thanks again to BetMGM, our sponsors. We will see you next time on the Big Bets on Campus.
Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.